Welcome everyone. What an exciting uh, podcast we have for you tonight. It's another game against those thugs from uh, the Wanda <laughs> Metropolitano. And uh, what a game it was. What a game it was. Everything kicking off about 15 minutes before the end. But uh, until then, uh, things were, they were pretty intense, guys. I just have a look at the lineups um, uh, just before uh, we start and uh, have a, a few comments starting off with the City lineup, Ederson, Walker, Stones, Laporte, Jao Cancelo, De Bruyne, Rodri, Gundogan, Mares, Foden, and Bernardo Silva. Good to see Diaz back, although he wasn't obviously going to uh, play out, uh, play uh, any part. A couple of people who were on that suspense who did play a part later on: Ake, Sterling, Grealish, Zinchenko, even uh, Scott Carson, as we'll talk about. A little bit later, but uh, what about that first half, uh, uh, Colin? Uh, and what about that lineup? Uh, yeah, um, I'm not. I can't say I'm convinced about. I was convinced about the lineup. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, do do we have a bad lineup? I I I, I guess not. But um, uh, Rodri de, de Bruyne and and Gundogan, uh, I, you know. It, if you're going to have De Bruyne, I don't think you can have Gundogan, uh, and I don't think he was his sort of game anyway. He, Gundogan's sort of game is where you've got you know time on the ball. He he can influence things. He he can does does his um, kind of brilliant movement and his little um, you know those little passes he does and, um, and and also I mean we've had it said it before, haven't we? But um, you know I, I would have preferred to see Bernardo Silva. Back there instead of Gundogan, I think he gets through a lot more work. Um, who would have replaced uh, Bernardo Silva within the front line? Um, well, you you could say Sterling. Um, I don't think it was a game for Grealish, um, but I, I don't know. It's difficult. Um, or, or perhaps you know we could have perhaps played just the two up front, Foden and, and Mahrez. But you know we know we need a striker. So in terms of the yeah, Gundogan was the only doubt I had, and you know. Whoever you put as the false nine is not going to be the best. So uh, I, I suppose in that respect, yeah, the lineup was okay. The first half, well, you know, we, we didn't really know what to expect from uh, Atleti, did we? Because they were so so negative. You know, that five five zero in the um, in the first leg, we knew they were going to have to come out. The question was, how quickly would they do it? You know, would they come up? come at us from the start how would we deal with it uh, and I felt the first half um yeah they I, I thought we coped reasonably well in the first half not great but but reasonably well and, and and there were only rare occasions for me when we we actually put our foot on the ball um and exhibited the type of control and possession we know we're capable of because that's what that's what the game plan must have been. Slow it down. Let them do the running around. We use the ball. Let them chase after it. Uh, uh, and that's the way the first half panned out for me. I don't think we were... Uh, there were one or two little scares, but um, I, th I think we were the more likely to score. And I think if we had scored in that first half, the game would have been pretty well over. What do you think, Bernard? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, I was looking at the stats last night. I was really interested in the stats, and I don't usually look at the halftime stats, but uh, obviously, they'd managed one shot again and one on target in the first half, and we'd actually managed eight shots with zero on target. And as, as Colin said there, if one of those had gone in, it, it was game over. And obviously, we'll talk about the second half, but those stats totally turned on the head in the second half, where we totally lacked uh, any sort of ability to keep hold of the ball or anyone you know we, we put it up front there was no one to hang on to it you know it cried out for a guy you know big center half to pick this ball up and hold on to it and wait for players to join him but it was like the Alamo wasn't it Let, let's be honest in that second half for us but the first half yeah it should have been out of sight because we did have eight good chances we totally uh, we totally controlled the game again we were comfortable we had 70% possession in that first half uh, as Colin said there it, it looked to me as though we were going to stroll this game and that I'd say uh, after, after half time obviously uh, we saw what Atletico's tactics were and that was to basically go for it in the second half but uh, yeah we, I was comfortable I thought this is this is easy this uh, uh, oh, we just didn't know what to expect did we and uh, we'll get to it but uh, it was all all guns blazing by them in the second half I thought we hadn't been brilliant but mm. we'd been okay we would be better in the second half which yeah. <laughs> well, cracking atmosphere in their in their ground their supporters are, are very very passionate Let's ha- have a look at this uh, lineup straight out of central casting from uh, from any uh, any sort of um, mob mafia um, sort of uh, <laughs> movie you'd care to mention. Um, we ha- we had again Oblak and Llorente, somebody called Stefan Savage uh, that we'll talk about. Um, he's changed uh, from that um, you know curly haired you know fresh faced uh, fresh faced young lad. I think he was signed by. Uh, was it Mancini? Um, it was Mancini. It was Mancini. Then Felipe Mandaba, Renan Lodi, Koke, very overrated, I think, that guy. Uh, Condogbia, I think he was the only one that had a, a decent shot for them. Uh, Lemar, Jao uh, Felix and uh, Griezmann. That was the way that they uh, lined up. And um, what, what sort of start was it? What sort of start was it? The first half, we should have scored a few goals, I think. Um, at least I think we had one very good chance. Um, obviously, I missed a few minutes. I don't know if you talked about the the thuggery against Phil Ford, and, and I don't know if the uh, the bash he took affected him when uh, the ball came out to, to him and control it well enough, and then laid it off to Gundogan who uh, hit the post. So I think for me, anyway, that first half uh, we 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 had the control, we had the ball. They hardly did anything. It was it was like. Uh, the game uh, last week again, where they weren't doing anything, they weren't ha- they didn't really have much attacking intent. Uh, they were just focused on defending, uh, and we some of our players were focused on not getting hurt. Um, and yeah, I, I think we, we it looked like we were doing all the right things, it, and I felt that it, um, it would have it felt like it was a matter of time before we scored in that first half for me. Um, but uh, hey, we didn't score. <laughs> we went in nil nil. Uh, just uh, just to explain, listeners, Ray is in a taxi. Ray, you're coming from where and you're going to where? <laughs> well, I've been in Liverpool today. And it's a real shame that uh, Benfica didn't, didn't uh, knock Liverpool out last night because I, I would have had uh, <laughs> shit houses of the, of the highest order uh, in Liverpool um, doing some workshops. A lot of Liverpool fans in my workshops, which uh, actually the, 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 the most banter I got 
was from a 13-year-old who was giving me giving it me large about the oil, oil club, uh, which I thought <laughs> was slightly disrespectful. Um, but yeah, I'm just uh, I managed to get home. I'm taking my son down to London for the weekend. He's staying in the weekend. I'm coming back tomorrow because I've got a, a charity um, event on Saturday. So I'm a, <laughs> I'm a bleary-eyed, busy man. Uh-huh. Okay, guys. Um, so there's uh, Mr. Bubbles for you in the in the taxi, and uh, you did touch on dedication. Dedication uh, to the cause, Mike. Dedication. <laughs> dedication. Dedication. Absolutely dedication. Yeah. Talk to me about dedication. It's ten past four in the morning here in South Korea. So yeah, no. As I Mike, said, you haven't been to you, bed. You Mike, plastic foreign fans. You plastic foreign fans are always telling us about your dedication of being up at. Unearthly hours of the morning. Don't uh, But Mike, 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 you haven't been to bed yet. So what difference does it make? <laughs> it's still last night. Well, I, I, I don't. I, know what, I don't know what you think, Colin. But I think dedication is having to look at Ray's gob on big gob on the screen. The the guys listening don't have to suffer what we're having to suffer at the moment. <laughs> That's true, guys. You you don't know how lucky you are. Well, um, uh, sorry, guys. Uh, no, as I said, as I said before, it's cracking atmosphere and and. Uh, yeah, I think that Atletico have got this thing about not taking the knee. Uh, I don't know what you think about that, but um, that was, you know, caused a bit of consternation. There was um, a lot of jeering of the Champions League uh, anthem from both sets of uh, uh, supporters. So that was uh, uh, kind of uh, interesting. But uh, as you say, I think that sort of description of what happened uh, in the first half um, was about right. It was kind of a lot of players who were kind of um a little bit off their game shall we shall we say um uh, we had a had a chance with Gundogan didn't we uh Bernard well the one that hit the pulse that Ray mentioned before yeah I mean yeah yeah Ray mentioned the Gundogan I said the Gundogan chance I mean uh, he does have this tendency to find the spot Gundogan and place his shots which is what we want we want someone to do that and score the goals but my little question was I've not watched it back uh, today at all but if he's going to side foot it and place it why aim for the post surely he should aim for inside the post so I was a little bit disgruntled he did try again to get it in with his head Disney I saw him do a do a sort of try and attempt at a diving header as well which didn't quite come off but uh, yeah in the first half I think Ray said it there I think that was our probably clearest chance there was some sort of half chances but uh, yeah you would expect Gundogan perhaps to place that just inside the post or in off the post so I was a little bit disappointed yeah Colin um, a bit of a statement of intent about 13 minutes you Felipe uh, that's pretty pretty violent attack on on Phil Foden there it didn't even get booked for that no it was staggering wasn't it um you know the, the referee we talked about the referees last time, didn't we? The referee was from uh, was from Germany, so he's used to should be used to refereeing big games. But he seemed very, very weak. Um, uh, you know, and I think I, I'm not, you know, I've never been a referee. I've read referees, but uh, books though, and, and sort of like Graham Pohl said that um, you, you've got to kind of judge a game and referee it accordingly. And I think in a game where you know there was likely, you know, we know what Atletico were like. Um, in a game like that, I think we always say you've got to stamp stamp it out quickly. Uh, and to, to there was a couple where you think, how the hell's he not got booked for that? Um, and Phil Foden um, was out for a while. He came back in his um, head. You know, as someone said, he looked like um, 
so wearing his Christmas hat, you know, the, the ones you get in the cracker. But, um, you know, if a referee and, and, and you think a game's going to turn a bit feisty, I think you've got to stamp, you, you've got to clamp down early. You've got to start issuing cards because, uh, and we said this, you know, Liverpool game, if you, if you let players get away with bad fouls without yellow cards, you're basically giving them a free pass to do it again. It, it means they've maybe got three attempts at it instead of two. So um, I thought the referee was 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 quite weak. Um, and as we saw later on, that came back to haunt him. Well, it came back uh, uh, to haunt City about eight minutes later because the same player, Felipe, went, uh, went into the back of De, Bru- De Bruyne and he was uh, really, really annoyed about that. He went on about that for quite some time. Again, the referee uh, wasn't interested at all. So, uh, as you say, Colin, it just showed uh, showed Atletico like what they could uh, what they could get away with. Kevin De Bruyne was maybe perhaps a little bit off form, um, and uh, maybe a little bit leggy, Ray, in this game. Um, um, I, I'm not sure about leggy, but I, I think he he took a knock. Maybe it was that. Uh that tackle that given the knot because he had to come off in the second half and it showed them putting ice around his ankle so maybe that was what uh, had done him uh, you know uh, there's no doubt he was angry and I, I thought Philippe got booked for that one uh, yeah he, yeah it's the 24th minute he got he got booked for that one yeah the Fordham one was disgusting I've got to say it was disgusting it was a deliberate uh, elbow to the head you know he, he came in Fordham was winning that ball Felipe was not getting there and he came in led with his elbow. It was clean, dirty play um, that he was hoping to get away with in the rough and tumble of a head, going for a header. And he just clouted him with his elbow. Fordham was out. I mean, I think personally, uh, there was no, if you're looking at the concussion rules, I don't see why Fordham could carry on. You know, if you, he was down for that long, um, he was clearly incapacitated. He was hurt. Um, um, so, yeah, they were, as Colin said, free hit you you've let him get away in my opinion red card challenge and he's just going to do it again pick up a yellow do it again hope that it's not too bad so the guy will end up with three or four dirty challenges which actually each should have been yellow or a red so they keep 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 getting away with it and it's a shame because if if he'd got obviously if he'd got a red he, he wouldn't have done been able to do it to kdb but if he'd got a yellow then he wouldn't have done the kdb challenge and kdb wouldn't have got injured and we don't know how long it's he's going to be out for then we'll find out um, soon. Obviously, we got the game at the weekend. So, but it's just, it's you know, I think the theme of of uh, my contribution is uh, tonight is is my disgust at how they kept doing it, how they kept getting away with it. The ref didn't do anything, and it was all the the niggly things. There was a I think it was Savage um, pushed Ford when the ball was off the pitch, and Ford was just you know jogging towards the touchline, and he just pushed him into the. And Fordham had to go into the uh, advertising hoardings. All these kind of little dirty things, you know, uh, pushing somebody in the in the head, where you're deliberately trying to antagonise, but you're doing it gently. You know, you're really annoying somebody with, with what you're doing. Um, and we saw it in the last game with, with uh, Grealish, you know, playing with his hair and you know pulling his hair and whatever. And they, um, they were they were really trying to antagonise and uh, uh, Phil Fordham and get him riled up because obviously he's one of our best players. And to, to get him off off his game, you know, and maybe they thought he was, you know, they'll go for the good players to get them off the game, and maybe the players that they thought they could rile and, and provoke into a reaction. Uh, and I, I've got to commend our players because, you know, throughout the game they didn't do that. But uh, my God, they're dirty. This Atletico team. 
<laughs> they are they are very thuggish and and the the irony of it, I think, is just before half time, uh, they they obviously felt that John Stones had fouled uh, Jao Felix, and they surrounded the referee uh, in the same way that Manchester United used to do. And uh, the Guardian has a nice summary of that, saying here that uh, uh, Darren Fletcher and Glenn Hoddle, who were you know commentating, were clutching their pearls and swooning like a pair of Victorian ladies at the sight of this outrageous shithousery that you usually don't see week in, week out in the Premier League. It's it's kind of interesting because when Phil Foden went down after that tackle, immediately you had uh, Diego Simeone uh, making the sign for the stretcher. Uh, he wanted the stretcher on, he wanted him stretched, stretched off. They did seem to target him a bit, Colin Savage. Yeah, in the same way they targeted Grealish a bit in the first leg. You know, he's the smallest, um, youngest probably. Um, not was you know um, wasn't likely to to hit them back. And uh, you know that's what they do, isn't it? You know they, they'll try and target a player, get a reaction, and uh, get him sent off. But uh, unfortunately, they well, uh, fortunately we didn't react, and unfortunately they were the ones who um, had the ones sent off. And I think. They were very lucky to end with just 10 on the field. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Uh, Bernard, do you remember Stefan Savage when he used to play for us? Well, uh, yeah, I don't think he played that many games, did he? I mean, he, he's a funny player, isn't he? I mean, when he started that game, I, I, put, I put a little comment on my notes. Obviously, we've not been there. I always make little notes. And I thought he's turned into a bit of a Beckenbauer, this guy. He was, he was sort of getting tackles in and doing really well. And by, by the end of it, of course, he turned into Joe Bugner. Never mind Beckenbauer. We got Bugner by the end of it. But, uh, yeah, he, he was OK. He was just another one of those guys we brought in at the time where we just we just brought loads in. Let's face it, we just brought loads of these guys in that never really established themselves. And before we knew it, they'd moved on to to passages new but uh, he couldn't say oh god he was I, I don't think I ever said he was awful he just just was a, a, one of these little journeyman ones that just stayed for a, a few months it felt like and, and moved on to somewhere else but uh, yeah uh, he does have he does he did show a little bit as I said he did show a little bit at the start of that game unfortunately he went back to uh, to being just a thug like the rest like a lot of his teammates unfortunately Mm-hmm. I've heard a story. I've heard a story about Savage's transfer, which I can't repeat on here, but um, <laughs> it may explain a lot. Oh, Carl, you can't tease us like that, Colin. <laughs> Sorry, um, I'll tell you afterwards when you stop recording. <laughs> okay. But anyway, what 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 do you think happened, Ray? Did Cholo turn Savage into a monster? He turned everybody into monsters, doesn't he? I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, it's, it's a point I'm, I was going to make later, but I'll make it now. We saw from the second half, they're not half bad as a team. They've got some pretty good players. And I don't understand why. He's, he wants them to be thugs. He wants them to be um, violent and uh, aggressive and, and anti-football. Uh, when actually, if they really go for it, we saw they, they weren't playing beautiful football, but they were playing in the second half, very effective football, a lot of pressure, uh, some chances, half chances. And to be honest, you know, maybe we were tiring a bit, but they had the better of us in that second half. And you just ask yourself, why can't you be like that a little bit more? Why do you want everybody to hate you? You know, you've got players like, I mean, we ask ourselves, why is Joe Felix there? You know, why is Lamar there? Why are a few others there? And you've turned what were probably half decent players who were with a decent amount of skill. Obviously, they're the league of champions at the moment. 
and you've turned them into into monsters who just who've got no interest in, in in actually playing the beautiful game. And it's it, it's bizarre. And he's supposedly the highest paid manager in the world. Well, you know, it doesn't take much to to tell your players to go out and kick the opponents <laughs> and then defend, does it? Uh, that, that seems to be his tactic: kick and defend. That's it. Kick the players and defend. Mm-hmm. Um, just uh, the there was a substitution on the 65th minute. De, uh, De Bruyne came off, Sterling came on to replace him. Um, uh, guys, I didn't get uh, clarification on this, but is um, Kevin De, De Bruyne injured and uh, effectively out, out of the next couple of games? Uh, have you heard anything about that? I'm not heard anything. No, he's, he's walking, apparently walking normally around. He's not got boots on like Walker has. He's obviously, uh, he was seen walking to a coach, etc., etc. So he's not strapped up or anything, but I, I personally probably think he's not, we're not going to see him at weekend though. And uh, the, the same question um, applies uh, for Walker, Bernard. Uh, do you know anything yeah, about that got, one? He's got, boot, he's got a boot on, which is precautionary, of course, which they do for these things. But if you watch it back, obviously, he, he got stuck in the in the grass. I don't think the pitch was that great last night. It looked a little bit cutty-uppy, and obviously he, he sort of uh, twisted it. And obviously they put him in a boot, but I don't. I certainly don't think we're going to see him uh, in the next two or three games. But it, it, could be, it could be bad. It's one of those things that could be pretty awful couldn't it we just don't know so they're just playing it safe at the moment but expect the worst and hope for the best I suppose with the yeah. Walker at the moment mm-hmm. I, I don't expect to see either of them at the weekend um, yeah. even if uh, KDB's 50-50 I don't think we risk him because no. uh, if, if you have to give up on one competition it's the FA Cup you let that one slide and you focus on the other so I think we save KDB Walker when he happened at the time it, I just thought as he, as he got his foot like um, Bernard said he's got his foot stuck has that done his ankle ligaments I'm surprised he, he, he tried to carry on, carry on because he was in that much pain um, mm. and it, it wasn't one of these impact injuries where you can you know run it off so to speak or carry on through the pain this, this looks uh, a lot more serious like uh, Bernard said we've got to hope we've got to hope that it's just a, a two or three week job but hey you know, we, we saw actually when Walker went off when Nathan Aki came on, Nathan Aki was fantastic. And he's, mm. if, we're, if we're honest about it, the guy's not let us down when he's, when he's played for us this season at centre-back or left-back. So, you know, I think we've got a, an able uh, left-back and we'll have Cancelo on the right. And you know, we just got to get through uh, the next few games and hope that Walker Walker's injury isn't too severe and he's out for too long. Yeah, uh, Colin, um, so it, w- it was on the 73rd minute that Walker, um, you know, signaled to the bench that he wasn't able to continue. And as Ray mentioned, Nathan Ake came on. He's getting a, a fair amount of plaudits for the for for the, the time that he was on. Obviously, there was, you know, about 13 minutes of extra time um, uh, or added on time. But uh, what did you think of Nathan Ake? Do you agree with Ray? Was he really that um, impressive for you? Yeah, yeah, um, I agree with Ray. Um he got some stick when he first came in. He made mistakes. But uh, it's a bit like Zinchenko. He's, he's knuckled down. And every time he comes on, you know he's going to be solid. And, um, you know, he, his concentration is great. And it must be awful coming into a game of that intensity as a sub, uh, particularly a defensive sub when we're being, let's be honest, we were battered in that second half last night. Um, it must be really difficult. And, and um, he, he did brilliantly, I thought. And another player who uh, came on late, uh, Bernard, who got a lot of plaudits, 
was there Fernandinho. Uh, now, before we talk about how you thought he did, it's a bit of a surprise with Fernandinho. Um, this is not <laughs> a little bit out of character for him to announce that he's leaving at the end of the season, apparently without telling um, Pep. What did you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping Pep was trying to play it a little bit, but he certainly didn't. He looked surprised, didn't he? Let's be honest about it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it does worry a little bit that the organisation, we should be aware of what's going on. Obviously, Ferner, Ferner's always sort of, I've seen lots of images on social media of him being doing the rounds and stuff like this. So he's, he's not always, I don't think he's always been sort of there with the team. But obviously, it is a bit of a worry when you've got key players like that who I thought might sign for another year or be taking on the coaching staff or something like that. All of a sudden, he announces he he wants to go, he could be going back to Brazil, etc., etc. But uh, just very unusual. It was unusual. It was certainly a shock to Pep. I mean, we knew we knew it was likely, but uh, just very odd, just very well, very odd by City that they weren't on the ball with that one, and uh, Pep wasn't prepared. I don't, I certainly didn't look prepared for that question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what did you think about that, um, Colin? Because um, he said apparently. Uh, in an interview that he wanted more game time and he wanted to go back to Brazil. Now, I just thought the timing of it was a bit strange. Um, Is that not the kind of thing that you would do if you wanted to send a little message to uh, to the management staff saying, put me on a little bit more? It's exactly what you want. Yeah, it's exactly what you do in those circumstances. Because, uh, you know, if if your mind was made up and you definitely thought it through, decided you were going to give up and go back to Brazil, you'd tell Pep privately, wouldn't you? You yeah. would. Not announce it publicly, um, to, to his surprise. So, yeah, maybe it's a little little bit of a, he's thrown a little bit of, um, a, uh, you know, a spanner into the work. Maybe he wants another a year and, you know, we've seen him. Yeah, he's, you know, he's not the Fernandinho of old, maybe, but we, he's still got plenty of uh, tricks up his sleeve, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Ray, one thing that we saw, this was coming towards the end of the game now, about 87th minute, wonderful block from John Stones. And uh, a lot of people have picked him as the man of the match. I don't know if you agree. Um, I give it to Aki. I just thought, uh, when he, <laughs> even for Aki's 13 minutes plus extra uh, injury time, I thought he was uh, outstanding. But John Stones as well, I mean, he was, um, some people would have a pop at him for uh, being caught out. Sometimes you've got to hold your hands up and say the other team didn't. Well, you can't go through a game without making mistakes because the ball uh, was over him, behind him, and uh, to their uh, attack. I can't remember who it was now. Uh, and and uh, but John Stones got back quickly and he he made the block. He you know he got his foot in the way and put the um, the ball away for a corner. So I think he had a, a really good game, as did everybody. You know, overall in a defensive capacity. You know, we didn't give them too many opportunities. I think he had probably three decent ones. Um, and I think everybody generally um, covered themselves uh, quite quite well. Um, but yeah, Stones Stones was Stones was good, and that was it was a really really important save because you just don't know what would have happened. And it was lucky as well, obviously, because a you know a deflection ricochet could go almost anywhere, and uh, um, it set us up for the last few minutes of fun fun and games. Well, we're going to come to those fun and games uh, now. Um, Colin Savage, could you? Could, it, it all started in the 89th minute. Foden was tackled by Felipe, and he and he went down uh, on the touchline there. Uh, if if you could just take us through the the various incidents, what what happened after that? Oh gosh. Um, well, it, it started with the tackle 
by Felipe and Foden. And it wasn't the tackle itself, which was heavy, but probably fair. But then uh, Felipe kind of almost rolled over and kicked Foden. Uh, and it was the same sort of thing that Kyle Walker got sent off for um, in the Champions League. You know, a, a, an outright kick. Not, not. It wasn't a tangle of legs or, you know, just him flapping his legs to get up. He deliberately kicked him. And uh, then it all kicked off. And um, Zinchenko was apparently one of the heroes of the hour. He came in to defend Foden, though as an unused sub, personally. Uh, oh, oh, Savage. That's right. No, the next thing was Savage. Oh, Foden was off the pitch and then rolled back on. And, and Stefan Savage grabbed him and threw him off the pitch again. Uh, and then Zinchenko rushed in. And personally, as an unused sub, I'd have been very tempted to um, put Savage into row Z. Um, but, but anyway, he kept his calm. Uh, and, and then it all just all kicked off. And it, it, there was, I don't know, it was just a melee. And talked about the ref before. He was stood 10 yards away doing nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he was just stood there watching when he should have been grabbing the captains and telling them to get their players under control. So it was an absolutely woeful performance from him. I don't expect him to go wading in, throwing punches, but you know, <laughs> he's got to be in there trying to separate them. Uh, well, that, that's my view anyway. You know, it was a serious incident, and he just stood there watching it 10 yards away. Um, and then the cards came out. And I, I'm not sure if Felipe got a straight red or a second yellow. Um, second yellow, I think. Yeah, I say it was deserved a straight red because he kicked uh, no, deliberately kicked Foden, and that's a red card in anybody's book. Um, Savage should have got a red, I think he got booked, didn't he? But should have got a red, yeah, yeah. um, for, for the way he handled Foden, that was assault. Um, and then there was a whole spat, I think Grealish got involved, and Savage pulled his hair. Uh, so, you know, Savage could easily have got about four or five yellow cards. <laughs> so how he ended ended up? I think really um, said something. Sorry, I think really said something quite uh, naughty to Savage. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, um, uh, obviously, on on a good clean show like this, we can't repeat. I think I say you really cast him if he was a. Sorry, I thought Grealish asked him if he was a man from Kent. <laughs> no, it was. Um, I thought it, it, it was misinterpreted. He said, "Oh, you are a cad." <laughs> <laughs> and then I think, guys, wasn't there a, he- a headbutt on Sterling as well? Allegedly, yeah, I didn't see it. It kicked no, off. Not, not, not seen any images of that, have we? I think there's a st- still somewhere, but it's made inclusive. Yeah, I've seen the afterwards from the video. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry, I'm just butting in. Sorry, I've seen a still of a uh, from a video of Sa- Savage's head in Sterling's face. I've seen another player with his hand around Sterling's neck. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, hang on, didn't if the referee or the linesman didn't see this, surely the VAR would have seen. You, you know, it's it's quite significant to have your hand around someone's throat. You know, that's that's another assault. I'm surprised they didn't finish with eight men. I really am. It was crazy because um, Felipe, who'd, who'd got sent off, he he completely lost it after that. He had to be dragged away down the uh, down off the pitch by their their, their backroom staff. And then, um, uh, how many exactly? How many minutes of uh, added time were there? Were there were there really as much as 
Well, they, 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 came, they announced three extra minutes, didn't they? But when it came up on the screen, it came up as nine minutes. But they, they actually announced three minutes originally. Then it came up as nine, and then we played about 13. So that's probably par for the course for UEFA. Yeah, yeah. I like I like the way Phil Foden performed because he uh, was smiling. He was like a little, a, you know, a little uh, jinxer, and uh, I think he, he was getting into it. Um, he was still, he was still concussed, mate. That's why he was smiling. He wasn't smiling because of any other reason. He was still concussed. <laughs> <laughs> probably so. Probably so. Uh, and uh, we could have put. Could we possibly have nicked it at the end, guys? Yeah, Gundo and had a chance, didn't he, right at the end. But to be honest with you, they, they had far more chances to nick it than we did. Uh, but yeah, I think Gundo and Sterling were involved with it. And uh, the keeper made a, a sort of block, didn't he, from Gundo. That was 96 minutes, so we still had another seven minutes to suffer after that. Exactly. I, I, I'm just looking at the little headpiece that um, that uh, Phil Foden is wearing. It's even colour-coordinated. It, it looks lovely. He looks like... Um, I don't know. He looks like one of those cartoon characters um, from one of those uh, 90s uh, TV children's comedy shows there. Um, but uh, the next thing, guys, was uh, the modern day equivalent of Pizzagate, apparently, because you had uh, 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 Darren Fletcher, who was uh, doing the commentary, uh, reporting on a tunnel bust up between Savage and Grealish. Um, and apparently you had people throwing bottles at each other and uh, even the mild-mannered um, Scott Carson getting involved as well by giving it a bit of the verbals. Uh, the police were in there, apparently. Uh, what, what was, was that all about the fact that uh, Savage pulled Grealish's hair? <laughs> did, what, did, did, listen, did you actually notice the police? I watched a bit with the police today, and it's interesting that the police actually go and start wading into the city guys. They don't look. They don't go into the Spanish guys. They start wading into the city ones. I saw it back today. Absolutely. You know, are we surprised? Probably not by the Spanish no. police force. Absolutely not. But uh, it was. I saw that guy. I don't know who it was trying to headbutt a city player from about twenty feet away. That that was quite clever. He would have done really well to achieve that headbutt from that distance. But uh, I think they were sort of glad people were holding them back. Out. Let's let's just let's just be kind and say I think they were all a bit happy that there was plenty of people between them because it was one of those. I, I did it myself once at Main Road. I, I walked around a corner and bumped into about 20 scousers singing uh, Liverpool Home and I started singing Liverpool Slums, but I made sure there was a big policeman on a co- on a big horse <laughs> in between us at the time. So, yeah, I think it was a bit of that. No, you know, let's go for it, but I know I'm going to be held back so so we can, we can have a go. <laughs> Yeah, some of the papers described the game as a largely turgid encounter that was hugely enhanced by a mass brawl and flurry of cards. Um, I don't know what you think, Colin. Uh, did the uh, mass brawl and flurry of cards enhance the the experience for you? <laughs> it's a funny thing because there was a guy on Twitter, um, HTLCO or HLTCO, is a Crystal Palace fan. Mm. Uh, and he says something quite interesting, which is, you know, you can condemn it all you like, but the, the sort of scenes last night are the sort of sort of scenes football fans really deep in their heart love. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I guess, you know, when you think about it, it, it was great to watch, not great to watch, but because we withstood it and they, they'd lost, you, you got a certain sense of satisfaction from it. 
And of course, if, if it had been, say, United or Liverpool on the receiving end, it would have been even better, wouldn't it? And and I, I always think back to the, um, the, the kind of, it's not early days of Charlie Fast football, but say the 70s and 80s, when there was a punch up on the pitch. And um, the, the TV company, you know, uh, um, what was it, the Brian Moore or Gerald Sinstadt, whoever, would say, these are, or David Coleman, these are the sort of things we don't want to see in football. So they show it again a few times just to show you what they <laughs> didn't want to see. And, um, you know, it's um, it, it's football as theatre. You know, I, I don't condone it, of course. Uh, you know, it's ridiculous behaviour and they should be punished for it. But it's, it, it, it furthers the description of football as theatre, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, guys, um, what do you think about this? What uh, we we know our our next opponents, uh, Bernard, in the semi final. Now, uh, as great as they are, um, they're conceding goals too. So, um, what do you think? What's your what, what are the prospects? Well, it's all right. It's all right conceding goals, mate. We have to score them, don't we? And again, last night we. Uh, we didn't. We had one shot on target from eleven efforts, so um, that is a worry, and it still will be a worry throughout the rest of this season, especially when you go into places like Real Madrid. Uh, and obviously, I think the last time we went, we probably it was Aguero was playing. Was it last time we went over to Madrid in two or three seasons ago? Um, you know, at least we had a, an out-and-out striker. So that's the problem. They are conceding goals. We've got to score them, and obviously, depending on what happens with KDB, etc. Um, we just have to do a lot better, unfortunately. No, no matter how how, how many goals are conceding, we have we have to be a bit more clinical again. And we have struggled the last couple of games with clinicality, I call it. And uh, we'll have to see. But uh, they are beat. I mean, Chelsea beat them. So if Chelsea can beat them, then we can beat them. That's that's no problem. Uh, Ray, here's um, a quotation from Pep after the match. Of course, you always take Pep's quotations with a tiny bit of salt. Um, we are in big trouble, he says. Uh, we can't we can't forget that we played three days ago. To play Liverpool, travel, come here. I don't know what, what's going to happen in the next uh, few weeks. Today we will celebrate because it's only the third time City have reached the semi-finals of the Champions League. Uh, Ray, what sort of uh, plan do you think he might come up with for the game, for, for the next game? Well, to be honest, he'll have to see which players are fit enough. Look, he's not wrong though. You know, we've just come from a hard game against Liverpool. Don't, you know, it's, it's a really tough game. We've had a tough game against Atletico. Uh, we should be glad that they didn't score and it went to extra time because I think that that could have killed us really. We've, we've mm. walked off with two injuries, so we we are, you know, um, a little bit weak, um, especially if KDB and Walker aren't fit. We're going to have to do a rejig. It's not what you want when you play Liverpool. You want to, you really want your best team out there. But as I said earlier, if you know, uh, making sure that um, especially KDB is fit for the, the the next league game, and he doesn't play at the weekend, so be it. As I said, look for your best fit players, and I think that's the starting point. Do you want a striker? Is Gabriel Jesus that man again? Do you, you do something different? Thinking, you know, we've already shown our hand um, uh, last last week, last weekend, and Liverpool will react to that. Do we change it again, or do we go in? And do exactly the same. I don't know. Do, you know, do you do you call their bluff or double bluff? Um, all, that, all that matters is if uh, is that we go for we go for the win. You know, we're not going there. I, I don't want to see you know a lot of kids playing. I want, and I don't think we will. I just want to go there with the aim to win the game. Mm-hmm. Well, what what uh, is uh, your uh, 
idea for how City might uh, line up Bernard um, for the next game? Well, uh, as, as Ray said there, it depends who's come out of this game, I think. It has been a tough game. Liverpool had a nice relaxing, they made seven changes to their team. They had a nice, all right, 3-3, three, three, but I mean, they, they could bring some of the big players on just, just for a run out to get uh, get something into the legs. And Liverpool are coming into this game, I, I believe Jota might have an injury, but apart from that, uh, it's probably Klopp telling fibs anyway. Uh, they're coming into it in a very strong, uh, strong frame of mind. I think we are. I think City are as a, as, a, as a team. I think we're coming into this very positive as a team, as a the camaraderie, the brotherhood, if you like. We're we're there. But the thing is with us, obviously, you say as Ray said, we just had two very hard games, and it will be who's fit enough. And it's getting to the stage of the season now where Pep's going to have to check with his coaching staff and see who can who can do it. Because let's face it, Liverpool are not behind the door at being physical. We know that. We saw that. We saw that last week. Uh, you know they're they're quite capable. We got Oliver in charge, who is usually okayish at clamping down on things. But uh, yeah, but I would I would be surprised. I would be surprised if we don't see at least four or five changes. Uh, so I would certainly think Jesus is going to come back into it. I think even even we're not talking about folding, have we? I know I know it's not a bad injury, but even with that head head wound, if you like, he, he probably will be missing as well as KDB and Walker. So literally, you're getting down to the bare bones then, unless you're going to put kids in. And, and as Ray said, I don't think Pep is going to put kids in. So literally, the team is probably going to pick itself if you take those three out, and he's going to play Stefan, isn't he? Presumably, he's going to play Stefan because that's what he's done in the FA Cup. And you know my thoughts on Stefan. City, City as a unit defensively, were not quite as good with Stefan. He's a good shot stopper, but distribution wise and the, and the de- defensive back line. And we don't know about Diaz, do we? But he's not going to lump. He's not. He's not going to throw Diaz in, is he? He's going to keep on the bench. I would have thought. I, don't, I doubt he'll start him. So yeah, he's limited. He's very limited. He's literally got who's standing. Uh, who's standing really to to play? I, I don't think he's having to make too many decisions. I think it's being made for him. Well, let's ask uh, Colin, what do you think the lineup m- might be, just uh, just for fun? And, and let's see, uh, after the game, how many you got right. Uh, <laughs> I suspect Walker. So I suspect Zinchenko's going to come in. Uh, and probably Cancelo at right back. Maybe Stones and Ake. Or, uh, yeah, Stones and Ake. Back four. Ferner. Uh, put Ferner in instead of Rodri. That's what I'd do. Put, yeah, Fer, yeah, I was just going to say Ferner in for Rodri. Um, would I play Gundogan again? Probably Gundogan, Bernardo in midfield. We know Bernardo can run all day. Uh, and then up front, Sterling's probably got yeah. to uh, start. Jesus and uh, maybe Mara's again, but you know, m- make up for his uh, last second miss last Sunday. Ray, Who's your third uh, midfielder? Sorry, yeah. have you mid- have you got you got Bernardo and Gundogan and Fernandinho? Is that what you're going to do in midfield? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Stephanie Goal, Carl. Did you agree with Stephanie's going to yeah, start? Yeah. Play Stephanie Goal, won't he? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, Ray, you, you can't, guys. You, you. I'm just going to say you can't trust Pep because I remember um, a few months ago when I think Diaz said we all said Diaz was going to get rested. We all said there's no way he's Pep's going to pick him for this particular game. And then lo, I think was it was it in the FA Cup or something. And lo and behold, Diaz started against the lower league opposition. So you just don't know with Pep. Pep is a law unto himself. I, I don't know um, whether he might just give uh, Laporte a rest to bring Diaz back. Um, but because it's Liverpool. Ray, uh, City obviously still on for the uh, the so-called uh, treble. Um, is this the game that you would 
you'd take a loss in if you could get the other two. I'd take a loss in this if we if, if it guaranteed us the league. I'd take a loss in the FA Cup. Um, you, you know my feelings on the Champions League. You know it's, uh, it's it's one of those. It's you know who's left that's a winner. Who's won their league that's left in the Champions League? City. That's it. No other winners of the league are left. Uh, mm-hmm. It's 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 ridiculous. And you know you know us, us all all guys all farts. Um, you know we we hark back to the days where the champions all of the champions of the country went in to the European Cup. And it, it is a bit of a farce. Uh, you got three teams that, you know, when, uh, when in some cases nowhere near uh, being champions. In Liverpool's case, who are miles off. Um, yeah, so, Liverpool yeah, it, were um, seventeen points behind us. Mm-hmm. There you go. First tournament, weren't they? Yeah. Guys, uh, yeah. What, what 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 will be the date for the semi-final? Does anybody know? Yeah, yeah it's the twenty-sixth April for the home leg. So it's Tuesday, and then Wednesday the fourth for the away leg right right colin do um do real madrid scare you are they um scare me? no um no. D- d- i mean with benzema in the form that he's in and 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 some of the rest of them they they don't frighten you at all um no and uh we know we can you know last season they weren't but you know we we brushed them aside relatively easily didn't we um i think um Two one in both legs. The the only you know, I'm just looking back at the games we've played against them. It, it's one two, drawn two, lost two. And if you think back to the the two we lost, one was in the 2015-16 semi final when it was quite a lucky goal, wasn't it? I can't remember. It came off one of our defenders, didn't it? And then the other time they beaten us was in um, the 2012-13 season in Madrid, and we were two one up with five minutes to go. Uh, and I think I've said before, uh, Mancini was incredibly naive in that game. He allowed uh, Ronaldo and another player to double up on Zabaleta, and um, we, we lost the game basically in the last five minutes. So, um, you know, the, when they have beaten us, it's only been by a single goal. And of course, we've only beaten them by a single goal. But um, no, I, I don't think over two legs they they frighten me particularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bernard, uh, are Liverpool the favourites now? Would you say for the Champions League? Uh, no, not particularly. No, well, obviously, you've got to beat, think they'll beat Villarreal, but, but I'd love Villarreal to turn them over and you know, hopefully they'll be com- overly confident and they, perhaps they'll get turned over. But, uh, you know, why would they be favourites? Because, uh, you know, whoever wins between Real Madrid and Real Madrid and City, I, I think uh, they'll still be favourites. And as long as we don't keep losing players, uh, why not? Why not? We know we can beat Liverpool. We're a better team on the day than Liverpool are. We might not be better on Saturday because of circumstances with the team we might have to play. But, uh, no, we are our best team's better than Liverpool's best team. So, no, I don't think they're the favourites. Ray, did you read any of the... Um... Uh, the sort of like the post-match uh, reaction for the pundits, because I detected a, a, a change in the narrative. So initially it was, you know, City had showed a lot of grit and determination, the kind of performance that you don't normally get from them, you know, band of brothers, all this kind of thing. And then it began to turn and then it began to focus. Uh, I watched ESPN FC uh, and their pundits and City uh, basically were the... Apart from the stuff at the end, they barely got a barely got a mention. It was all about um, uh, you know uh, Simeone and what his team had done to us in the second uh, second half. Yeah, I mean, I watched some stuff on I think BT Sport, which is what I was watching the game on, and uh, so I watched that ESPN one as well. 
and and you're right. You know, there was mixed. It was mixed from, um, like you just said, praise for City for backs against the wall and doing it in a different way. And then there was a lot of praise for Atleti for the way they did that second half. And then obviously the question is why can't you do that more often? And why can't you they keep the thuggish behaviour away? So um, look, these narratives are set by whoever wants to set them in these uh, media organisations uh, and they feed the public and then the public go go along with that. You know, I've heard stuff today, I think Colin, Colin said as, as well, you know, we do like to see these, um, you know, blood and guts kind of uh, games, but I also like it to be fair. I, want, I, I, I don't mind if it's hard, as long as it's fair. Jumping up and elbowing somebody in the head, that's not fair. That, that's, a, that's a red card. So if, if you all, if you step all across the line, if you, if you go too far, you've got to got to have the referee upholding the law, upholding the rules. Yellow cards, red cards, give them. It doesn't matter, you know, if it's in the second minute or the ninety-second minute. Someone's done a, an, a committed an offence that deserves a punishment by a card, then punish them. Um, and then you can go and allow a hard game. I don't mind hard games. I like hard games. You know, mm-hmm. we're all old school. We like this this kind of. Um, you know, getting stuck in kind of stuff, but just don't let it go too far because it's not fair on the players that get, are getting clattered and um, it's not fair on players who end up with a long-term injury because of uh, stupid and fouls. Yeah, because refereeing has, and the laws of the game have evolved to protect players from in- serious injury. And that's been one of the motivations for many of the changes in the laws. That, you know, if you think back to the old Legion, like Don Reeves' League United team, they were a team of some great footballers, but, you know, they put um, shithousery before uh, football a lot of the time. You know, th- their intention was to put their opponents out of their stride and, 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 and I think, create a, a physical and mental dominance over those those players. But they have some wonderful footballers. I mean, Johnny Giles, Billy Bremner, Peter Lorimer, Eddie Gray. You know, you think of all those players. Um, and, and, and But, but you know, they're, they're, their primary tactic seemingly was uh, intimidation and um, uh, Jack Charlton would always go up for corners and, and needle the opposition goalkeeper he would stand in front of him you know uh, and, and we've, you know, we've seen so many incidents where the game now is I, I hate it not sanitised but it's so much cleaner than it used to be you know the, the, the reckless tackles you know I remember um, we played Leeds United in, a, in the famous cup game where the Leeds fans invaded the pitch, 77, I think it was. And uh, in that game, Gordon McQueen absolutely scythed down Peter Barnes in the penalty area. Uh, and it wasn't him giving it, well, well, it would have been the penalty. Referee just waved play on. Um, uh, and we saw so many tackles like that. Uh, Graham Sooners was a, you know, a, an absolute animal. He would go flying in uh, without care. And, and it's like football's changed to the point where the refs, do try and avoid injury, but you see games like last night, and um, you know the ref just failed to do that, and uh, you know he'll probably get the final now. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I was almost sure that somewhere along the way, the comparison with their uh, Don Revy's uh, Leeds team might might come up. Um, but um, just to finish off the pod, guys, is there anything happening any anywhere else in the world? Um, in the world of football that has uh, taken your fancy or that you're interested in? Yeah, Alan's coming. Sorry, didn't talk about it in the last pod. Quite important. <laughs> <It's> right. uh, <laughs> UEFA's new financial fair play and um, 
um, Champions League uh, messing about again have been approved. Um, we don't quite know the details yet, but what they're saying is from the 2024-25 season, clubs will be restricted to spending 70% of their revenue on transfers and wages. Now, we don't quite know what this means because obviously wages wages as a percentage of revenue, that's fine. We can work that one out. By transfers, do they mean the capital or net transfer or do they mean amortisation on transfers? So we don't quite know. If, if we're talking about, if we look at cities' um, wages as a percentage of, percentage of revenue, most of the, well, most, apart from Spurs, who are uh, tight, and uh, United, who, of course, the revenue far outstrips anyone else, or has far outstripped anyone else, maybe not so much these days. Uh, clubs are spending, a, you know, around 60%, give a couple, give or take a couple of percent of their revenue on um, wages. So that, in theory, leaves... Um, 10% of the revenue to be spent on transfers. So, again, we don't know whether it's going to be, that's going to be the net transfer expenditure or um, it's going to be amortisation. But, uh, you know, amortisation and and wages together uh, are running at uh, around or over 80%. There's only Spurs who come under the 70%. Um, Mark, so we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. But apparently, they're going to phase it in ninety percent next season, eighty percent, and seventy percent. So, so we'll have to see what happens. Or, uh, and I'm sure our accountants will find a creative way uh, of getting around it. Well, you know, we'll find another few Abu Dhabi sponsorships down the back of the um, Sheikh City. I'm sure. But um, and the other one was, of course, expansion of the Champions League to thirty. Was it thirty six teams? Mm-hmm. And two mm-hmm. of those spots will be um, given to teams who don't qualify for the Champions League, but would have qualified for one of the other two competitions with the, the two teams with the highest coefficients. Now, who could they be thinking of? Um, so, so, so basically, you know, if that was being brought in this season, if Manchester United finished seventh, qualified for the Europa Conference, in theory, depending on who else, uh, failed to qualify for the Champions League, they just could be, you know, boosted up to a Champions League spot. So it's a bit, you know, we talked, we, we just talked about a few minutes ago. You know, Liverpool who finished what seventeen points behind us to qualify for this season competition. Um, you know, we've seen it before. How many teams actually win the Champions League? Who are the defending champions of their of, of their country? So you know, and 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 again, it's um, they've changed the format. So now you play. It's going to be two leagues and you play um, 10 games, I think five home, five away against different teams. So it's going to sorry, it's going to be a league format and you play five home games, five away games, but it's not home and away against the same team. So we could play Real Madrid home, Barcelona away, something like that. Um, and um, how does it work? It's the, the eight top finishers in the league automatically go through to the group stages and then nine to whatever, nine to 16, 24, go into a, a, a two, I think it's a two leg playoff or, or one leg playoff for the remaining eight places. So again, yeah, the, the whole point of the league was, and you can see the point of it, was to um, get rid of meaningless group games. And then we've seen it before, haven't we? How many times have we, um, you know, got, we, we're four games in, we know, um, uh, we know 12 of the 16 teams who've qualified. Um, 
you know, so, so the next remaining round of games, or you know, like like we did with um, in, in against Sporting, you know, we we won the away like five nil or whatever it was, you know, the home leg was was a complete dead rubber. So I I definitely agree with the idea of trying to eliminate uh, meaningless group stage dead rubber games, um, but you know, then it all gets a bit stupid because if you're trying to, the point was to encourage teams to perform as well as possible and finish as high as possible. And then you give the team in 24th place a chance to qualify. You know, it, it's self-defeating, isn't it? Mm-hmm, it is indeed. Any final uh, words or thoughts, Bernard? No, um, obviously, I don't know what Colin thought. I mean, this the Spiegel thing that came out again just before the Liverpool oh, yeah. game. Um, <laughs> was there any anything new in that? Is it just all the old same crap that we've seen before? It's the same, basically, it's the same crap we've seen before. I mean, they're claiming that the Premier League investigation is based on three things. One is um, the already discredited issue of Sheikh Mansour funding sponsorships directly, which is uh, not allowed under FFP. Uh, Cast threw that out. Um, and, and again, they've, they've produced emails which look to have been doctored in some way. Stefan did something to show that there was a mismatch between the the recipient at uh, the sender of the email and the signature at the bottom um so it looks like they've doctored emails again but there is nothing new in there we know exactly what was happening because it was revealed at, at court for arbitration in sport is that much of the etihad sponsorship didn't necessarily come from etihad own revenue but it came from central um what you might call marketing uh, fund which was given to Etihad. So there's nothing new in there. And um, the other one was the signing of underage players. And I think FIFA dealt with that. I think we got a fine and a ban. Uh, I'm not sure if we got a ban, but I can't remember what happened with that. But, but again, that's been dealt with by FIFA. Um, and the last one was Mancini's contract, um, some of which was paid offshore. But this is a completely separate contract for services to Sheikh Mansour's other club, Al Jazeera, uh, a contract which I believe was in place before he came to City. And I think that was one of the reasons we got him at City so quickly. I don't want to go into the whole story, but I, I, the one bit the Mark Hughes story I've never quite got is um, whether we were planning to sack him right away when he was sacked or, or I, I, I believe he forced our hand. He basically gave us a back me or sack me ultimatum. So um, Gary Cook spoke to Cal Dude and it was sacking. So I think the sacking came on a little bit quicker than we had wanted. And we needed someone quickly. Mancini was already under contract as a consultant to the Al Jazeera club in Abu Dhabi. And he was um, brought on board. And we've had a conversation before, haven't we, about uh, the six months plus three years, which wasn't, I don't believe, was a misstatement. It was a six-month contract. And if you do well, you'll get a three-year contract because we were looking to get Mourinho in. So that's Mancini's problem. You know, Mancini, you know, we, we've seen the news, haven't we, in the in the last week or so about um, non-doms, non-domiciled people paying tax on, on the um, non-UK earnings. And, um, you know, that, that's Mancini's problem, not ours. If he's got a contract with a separate legal entity, uh, as long as that's being paid offshore, um, then, you, you know, you, you, can, you can look at it in whatever way you want. Uh, and it wasn't very much, so it's not as though we were paying all his salary um, offshore. It was, um, uh, you know, a, 
I don't know, I think it was about a million and three quarters or something, less than two million. So, you know, it's not a huge, not, yeah, say not a huge amount. Of course, it's a huge amount. We'd all love to be on a contract of uh, two million a year, wouldn't we? But, um, you know, it, it, how Mancini dealt with the tax on that is Mancini's problem, not cities. Ray, so I mean, the, uh, Mike, I was going to say, De Spiegel are like herpes. They just won't go away. You know, they've got this cache of emails, haven't they? Uh, and the finding... Uh, and apparently Stefan reckons, I've not really had much chance to go into it in any great depth, but Stefan reckons that all the emails that they produced would have been available to the um, CAS panel. So, um, you know, the Premier League have sat on this for three years now. And of course, there's been a case fought about some technicality about what they have to reveal. And both parties, us and the Premier League, were, were, were in the same camp on that. So, so I'm not quite sure who's brought the um, who's brought the action, but um, I have a suspicion. Um, so, you know, three years and they found nothing. Uh, 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 my strong suspicion is um, there is no specific statute of limitations in the Premier League handbook, but general UK law applies a six-year statute from the time that the breaches occurred, and these breaches are going back to 2015-16. So, I suspect the Premier League is possibly in a similar situation to UEFA was with the original Despiegel allegations, whereby they just wanted them to go away. They weren't interested. UEFA, uh, Seferin, we know, wasn't interested in pursuing this, but his hand was being forced. And he offered us a bit of a, a sweetheart deal, which we told him to uh, thanks, but no thanks. Although we didn't call him what Jack, we didn't call him what Jack Grealish called Stefan Savage. So and I think the Premier League would like this to go away. They've no interest in this. Um, I, I, I strongly suspect, uh, but I also strongly suspect they're being pressured by certain parties. Ray, any final uh, thoughts or comments? I think it's all been well covered there by, by Colin. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. Well, I think we'll probably leave it there. Uh, Bernard, thank you very much for coming on. Oh, you're welcome, mate. I'm uh, getting ready. Be getting ready tomorrow for the trip down to uh, to the old Etihad South or the Anfield South, depending who you talk to. Uh, <laughs> so I'll be looking forward to that, and hopefully we'll we'll come back with a nice uh, cup final booked. Mm -hmm. uh, Colin, thank you very much for coming on. It's a pleasure as always. And same to you, Ray. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for interrupting your uh, taxi ride to to be with us tonight. Sat on the train now. Sat on the train. Yes, it's a nice and quiet. But I'll say uh, uh, thank you so much, guys. And Bernard, call her a few uh, scallies for us. Yes, <laughs> call them names, Bernard. Call them names. Uh, as long as long as there's a copper on a horse between me and them, I'll I'll do it. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, guys. We'll be back with you after that, of course. And uh, until then, we'll finish off in the normal way by saying, "Have one and us and up the blues."